Good morning, everybody. You're tuning into the news at Morning Mixtape. It is Monday, March 6th, and I'm your host, Gabriela Silva-Ponte, reporting for CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. This morning, we're talking about what happened over the weekend. So welcome to the Weekend Review, and let's get to the news. First up, Catherine McGarry was named Ontario Liberal Party president. The United Nations reached an accord to protect biodiversity in the high seas. Then, thousands are protesting in Athens after Greece's deadly train crash. The Ontario Nurses Association did not reach a deal with the province. And finally, a new AI model can detect Alzheimer's disease. And then, of course, what would be the newscast without some weather updates? And turn the page with Samina. So with all this news, let's get started. Former Ontario Liberal Cabinet Minister and Municipal Leader Catherine McGarry was named the party's president. CP24 reports this took place at the last day of the party's annual general meeting in Hamilton on Sunday. McGarry previously served as Minister of Natural Resources and Transportation Minister. Then she represented the riding of Cambridge but lost her seat in 2018. After this, she served a single term as Cambridge's mayor, but lost in re-election last October. CP24 reports McGarry and the new executive team will likely start their journey by setting rules and timelines for a leadership race. United Nations members made an agreement on a unified treaty to protect biodiversity in the high seas on Saturday. CTV News reports this agreement comes after two weeks of talks that took place in New York. Previously, laws had been rather confusing, making conservation difficult. The UN Convention on the Law of the Sea came into effect in 1994, and this agreement itself has been discussed for over 20 years. The Unified Agreement Treaty applies to nearly half of the planet's surface. Pew Charitable Trust's ocean expert Nicola Clark called the treaty, quote, a major win for biodiversity. Clark observed the talks in New York. The treaty creates an entirely new body to manage conservation of ocean life and establish protected areas in the high seas, reports CTV. Clark says that's necessary if the UN plans to reach its Biodiversity Conference pledge that hopes to protect 30% of the planet's waters. Worldwide Fund for Nature Ocean's governance expert Jessica Battle says this means that every high seas area must be looked at, even if it does not receive a full assessment. CTV reports these efforts will look towards protecting marine species that make long migrations, including dolphins, whales, sea turtles, and many fish species. This will also help communities that thrive off fishing or tourism related to marine life. The high seas have suffered pollution and exploitation through fishing and mining for quite some time. Thousands of Greeks are protesting after Greece's deadly train wreck. On Sunday, a small group of protesters tossed petrol bombs at police, who responded with tear gas and stun grenades. CTV News reports the protesters then dispersed to nearby streets. The tragedy took place last week. The train was traveling from Athens to a northern city when it collided head-on with a freight train, reports CNN. The train was carrying more than 350 people, many of whom were university students returning after a long holiday weekend. Students, railway workers, and groups affiliated with leftist parties gathered in Athens Square to show sympathy for the lives lost. They are also demanding better safety standards on the rail network. CTV reports the number of protesters is upwards of 10,000 people. 
Some railway workers were also lost in the accidents. Rotating walkouts have been organized since last week to raise awareness about the cost-cutting and underinvestment in Greece due to the debt crisis of 2010 to 2018. They're fighting for a remote surveillance and signaling system. Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis agrees that had this been in place, the crash would not have occurred. Mitsotakis' government blamed human error for the crash, but stated Sunday that this should not deflect from the responsibilities they owe to the underfunded railway network. The station master was charged last week and appeared before a magistrate on Sunday. The Ontario Nurses Association did not reach an agreement with the province. CBC News reports the two started bargaining in late January and mediation officially started last week. On Friday, interim president of the association Bernie Robinson said, This round of negotiations has been incredibly difficult and frustrating. Hundreds of Ontario nurses rallied in Toronto to advocate for a new contract last week. The Nurses' Association will now move to arbitration, a form of alternative dispute resolution. This is set to begin in May, according to the association. CBC reports if a deal is reached, it will affect nearly 60,000 registered nurses and other health care workers. Ontario nurses have been dealing with the wage restraint due to Bill 124, which capped increases at 1% a year. An Ontario court found the bill unconstitutional late last year, but the government has appealed the decision. The case is set to be reviewed by the Court of Appeal in June. CBC reports the nurses do not have the right to strike, and Robinson has said nurses will not engage in illegal walkouts. A new study by a team of researchers at Massachusetts General Hospital showed artificial intelligence may be able to detect Alzheimer's. The researchers used old MRIs from patients with and without Alzheimer's disease at differing hospitals. They developed a model for detection based on those and tested it across different patients and MRI images. CTV News reports the test showed to be 90.2% accurate. It can detect the risk regardless of external factors such as age. Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia, a disease related to memory loss. There were nearly 600,000 Canadians living with dementia in 2020. CTV reports that number is projected to be over 950,000 by 2030. Okay, that concludes the news section. Here's Samina with Turn the Page. Take it away, Samina. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Turn the Page. My name is Samina. Each week, I'm going to make a book recommendation, and I hope it gets you turning the pages. How do you keep yourself entertained? There is no shortage of options to grab one's attention these days. It seems like there's always something to keep you occupied, something that sucks up all your time and you let it, whether you want to admit it or not. Why? Technology. Let's be honest. Honesty plays a crucial role. Travel back in time with me to the 90s. How do you think people entertain themselves in the long summer days with little to do? 21 years ago, Frankie was 16 years old. She and her only friend Zeke, both bored outcasts, made a piece of artwork with the slogan and hung them around town, unsigned. It created a panic in the small Tennessee town of Coalfield and spread to the rest of America in 1996. Now a journalist claiming to know the truth has contacted Frankie wanting to know the full story. The title of the book is Now is the Time to Panic. The author is Kevin Wilson. What started as harmless fun quickly turned into chaos in America. Frankie and Zeke met at the local pool. Their attraction was instant. They bonded over their awful fathers and their love of art. 
Kevin perfectly captures two teenagers bored during their summer and their adolescence. They want more out of their lives and feel trapped by their surroundings and their families, and so they escape in their imaginations. It's one of the things I love about this book. It reads like a movie and the pacing is excellent. You're never bored. The Edge is a shanty town filled with gold seekers. We are fugitives and the law is skinny with hunger for us. Frankie came up with the words, Zeke came up with the artwork. Using a photocopier, they duplicate the posters and plast them all over town. People quickly notice and start panicking. It leads to copycats, conspiracy theories, including connections to Satan. It also leads to fatalities. Zeke disappeared after that summer and Frankie kept their secret. She also kept the original poster. No one would ever think two outcasts would be responsible. They were just trying to make art. Now a reporter from the New Yorker wants the truth. Should Frankie tell it? If you find there's a book you want to read immediately, check with your local library and don't forget to check Overdrive for a digital copy. You can also check your local independent bookstore. If you enjoyed this book and want to share your thoughts or make a recommendation, please find us on Instagram at CGRU1280. Thank you for listening. Happy reading. Thank you, Samina. The weather for Toronto calls for a high of 2 degrees and a low of negative 1 degree. It is time to wrap up today's newscast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Happy Monday, everyone. I will be back next week with some more news at Morning Mixtape. It's CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. I'm Gabriela Silva-Ponte. Thanks for listening.